If you would please take your scriptures and turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter 2, we'll be reading 1 through 25. 1 Peter 2, if you would give ear to the reading of God's word. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, coming to him as a, to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble, being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man from the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to the governors, as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as a bondservants of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants, be submissive to your masters with fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. For this is commendable, if because of conscience toward God, one endures grief, suffering wrongly. For what credit is it if, when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently. But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For it to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, did not revile in turn. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. May God add the blessing, his blessing to the reading of his word. Let us pray. O oh Lord, we come before your word. We come to hear and learn. 
We have called, you have called us to be strong and mighty in your power. We can do that only when we are in your word. We have to put on the full armor you have given us. In that armor, we can stand firm against the schemes of the wicked one. We need the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of readiness, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Then we must come, as we do this morning, to pray in the Spirit. In this mind, we can be alert and stand firm. Help us in this, Father, in Christ's name. Amen. Peter calls the people of God, those who name the name of Jesus Christ, to be holy because God is holy. He has based this call on the the foundation of praise to God for this wonderful living hope given you in his sovereign work of salvation furnished through the work of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He has declared the precious price paid for your redemption in this life, death and resurrection of Christ. He has made plain that all of this was the predetermined plan of God. It has been laid out for you to hear and understand through the glorious word of your God and given you through the scriptures. He shows you the one and only way for you to grow in your understanding this great divine plan is by studying the revelation, by studying the Bible. You cannot grow in your relationship with God and with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus without growing in your understanding of this plan of redemption. This growth must begin with your recognition of the foundation upon which God has set you. Peter has laid the groundwork to bring you to this point. He begins to show this foundation. It's not something new to Scripture. For it is all through Scripture. You can find it in all of the sacred writings. This truth abounds. Isaiah 28, 16. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. It's throughout the scripture, everywhere you turn. This was the promise to all who would trust in God alone. There would be a solid foundation upon which they could ever place their trust. It would be a foundation that would never let them down. Christ explains in Matthew 7, verses 24 and 27. He tells us about the importance of hearing and doing what you hear. He says the man who listens and does the work is a wise man. He says, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. He says that the rains came bringing the floods. The wind blew and beat the wise man's house terribly, but it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. He then told of the other man who listened. But this man, he didn't believe, and he didn't build his house on the rock. He built it on the sand. The rains also came bringing floods and and the wind blew and beat on this house until it fell. And the fall was really great. 
Peter has said you must be holy because God is holy. He has said you must hear, believe, and trust in the word of God. He comes to the heart of how you do you can do these things by building on the only sure foundation, the foundation of God's word and the foundation of his only begotten son, the one sent from the Father to reveal this great marvelous plan of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the rock. You are told in the Gospel of John 1.1 that this Christ is also the word of God. In John 1.14, he lays it out for you. Jesus has taken on your flesh and blood to do for you what you could never do for yourself. In John 1.18, it is declared he is the one who has come to declare the Father and his wonderful plan of redemption. Therefore, you must make him the foundation upon which you stand and declare your love and praise to the Father in heaven. He is the only one who can give to you the undergirding strength and courage to face this life and live as Peter has called you to live, holy, holy in everything you do. In the verses before us, Peter lays before you a description of Jesus Christ as the living stone. To those who are fickle and without a foundation, to the unbeliever and to God-hater, this may seem foolish and exclusively in a harsh kind of way. Yet to those who know God's word and trust in his love and grace, it pictures a beautiful and living temple. A temple being built on the foundation of God's predemonstrated love through his son. It also shows all who hear and understand a solid foundation on which to build a beautiful and living hope. Let's examine these verses. First, we shall study Jesus Christ as the living stone. Second, we will consider you, the believer, as a living stone. Last, we shall inquire into the connection between Christ and the believer. In Ezekiel, we hear the prophet speak of a new temple. He had been shown the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem because of the sin of the people. In Ezekiel 37, we're told of the Valley of Dry Bones, where God takes the bones of dead men and makes them new living men in their own flesh. This is a very good picture of our redemption. In the following chapters, he prophesies of this coming new temple, which is greater than anything ever seen by the eyes of men. This temple was gorgeous. It was beyond the measurements of the temple given for Jerusalem. It is the foundation of this new temple that Peter tells us about in this next verse. Verse 4. Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. Jesus Christ was sent into this world by God the Father to build this new temple. That was his purpose in coming was to build this new temple, a temple where people could go and worship. It's a temple with a living foundation. That's different than the old stone foundation of the other temple. This is a temple with a living foundation. It is the temple you know and understand as the church of Jesus Christ. Do you understand that? We're a part of the new temple. 
Christ is the hope upon which all who hear and believe the word of God come to rest and trust. There is no other ground upon which you can find comfort than the truth of God is given in his son. He is the living hope, the living stone upon which this new temple is built. Peter calls Christ a stone. The word is lethos. This is not the, the same word Christ used to refer to Peter as a rock, which was the Greek word petra. Lithos means a stone and is used to denote a millstone or some other stone cut for a special purpose. Petra means rock. It's like a rock you would pick up on the ground. It has no special purpose to it. Christ is talking Peter, taking Peter and making him not a rock now, but a stone. He is making from this rock a living stone upon which his church will be built. Christ is already a stone prepared for a purpose, to be the foundation of God's new temple, the church. This living stone for the believer is an invincible strength, something that never wears out. It shows the security of eternal life. It is the foundation of all hope set on the rock of offense to all enemies. Jesus is that living stone. He's the stone. He's the source of eternal life. Apart from him, there is no eternal life. You've got to understand this new temple. It's us. We're the new temple. And where is God residing? In our hearts, the Holy Spirit's there in every true believer's heart, making him a part of this great temple. Peter says there's a great difference between the understanding of the reputation of Christ with God as opposed to men. Men refuse to believe on Christ. In John 1, 5, we are, you're told that he is the light of the world, and he came into the world and rejected men because they loved the darkness. Jesus was rejected. He was rejected by men. He was despised and treated with great contempt. The world could not handle the holiness which came, which he came, with which he came, because they had hearts that were as hard as stones. They had rebelled against God and were not willing nor able to return to him. They loved the darkness in which they lived because it hid the sin their hearts this was not the case with God the Father Jesus was chosen by God he was separated and foreordained to be the foundation of the new church 1 Peter 1.20 he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world but was manifest in these last times for you he's the most precious choice of God to carry this wonderful good news to mankind he is an honorable choice, the only one worthy in himself in the eyes of God and in the judgment of all who trust and believe in him. It is to this one chosen by God that all who would have eternal life are required to come. If you want eternal life where you got to go, you got to go to Jesus Christ. There's no other way. It is not by your own efforts that you come for who can enter heaven on their own strength? 
It is only by faith that one can come, and faith is a gift given by God. It is by faith that you are first drawn to him. We looked at that in Sunday school in John 6, 44. And in time brought to him that you might live with him for eternity with his heavenly father. It is the, this man, this God-man, Jesus Christ, that is the very foundation of all true believers' hope and joy. Jesus declares in Matthew eleven twenty seven, The Father gave him all things. He says, no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father but the Son and those the Father reveals to him. It is by Christ and Christ alone that we have access to the Father, as is made clear in John 14, 6. No one comes to the Father except through me, through Christ. It is through Jesus Christ and him alone that you are made a partaker in any spiritual blessings. Jesus, Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. While the world may reject Jesus, the believer knows that he is the one chosen of God, the one that is to bring salvation to a lost and dying people. He is chosen to be the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the very head and heart of the church of the living God. He and he alone is the one who is sent by the Father. He was sent to save his people from their sins and to mold them into a living organism to represent the plan of God in this dark world. This is the plan laid out for us in Scripture. Every thought, word, and action must be grounded in Jesus Christ. Every testimony must be based in Jesus Christ. A believer and thus a living stone must have as their foundation Jesus Christ. Have we not heard that salvation is in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone? If you open your mind and heart to less than a solid understanding of your Lord Jesus Christ, you are not on the right path. You are not a living stone, but a dead rock. The believer expecting grace and mercy must come understanding their need. They must also come recognizing their total inability to come by their own power. They must know it is only by God's grace they can see and know and come. They must take hold of this great truth that God has sent Christ into this world to be the living stone upon which their salvation rests and they must place trust in no other. It's through faith alone in this one sent by the Father that believers come to a place of worth themselves. Verse 5, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Here's where Peter has in mind the temple of which Ezekiel spoke. This is a living temple made up of living stones. This is what the prophet shows in giving us the picture of the valley of dry bones and before we show, he shows the temple. That's before he shows the temple. Peter again uses the word lithos, indicating the believer has moved from a rock to a stone built on Christ 
as his sure foundation. He wants these dispersed Jews, as he's writing to, to whom he writes to know that, that Christianity has a more glorious temple than that which is in Jerusalem. And please get this. We have so many people out there saying we need to honor the Jews, we need to stand with the Jews because our salvation comes through them. And our salvation comes through Jews, but not today. It came through the Jews in, in Christ's day. Now Jews are just like any other unbeliever if they're not holding to Jesus Christ. He wants these dispersed Jews to whom he writes to know that Christianity has a more glorious temple than that one that was in Jerusalem. It also has a priesthood more noble than that which serves in the old temple it has sacrifices that are more known. The priests are not, it's not, listen, there's a difference. If they don't have the Holy Spirit living in their heart, they're not the priests that we need to be looking to. Christ is our high priest. We don't have men that are priests anymore. We have ministers. We have evangelists. We have deacons. We have elders, men who serve God in the same way that those men served in the temple. But, they are a head and shoulders above the ones who served in the temple because they have the Holy Spirit living within them. It also has a priesthood, and it's more noble because it's standing upon Jesus Christ. This temple that Christ is building is more glorious than any earthly temple could ever have been. We can't even begin to imagine this beauty. It's beyond us. It says, eye has not seen or ear heard, nor has the mind conceived of what's going to be in heaven. That temple is going to be the center of heaven. We're going to be at the center of heaven because we're living stones in that temple. It's a living temple. It's built of living material. There is nothing dead in this temple. It is not made by the hands of men carving out stone and cutting wood. It is built by God himself as he grows the stones needed in its construction. You are one of those stones. You're being built to serve a purpose in that temple. You're being built to serve a purpose in heaven to bring glory and honor to your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Christ is the foundation, is the living temple. Christians that are made in his image are living stones that make up the superstructure of this temple, making it a living temple just as he is a living God. This house is a spiritual house with a royal priesthood. This priesthood has no animals to offer, no blood to let, yet they have much better and more acceptable sacrifices to offer. Now what better sacrifice could we have? Their sacrifices are their own. To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Paul in Romans 12:1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. These sacrifices are offered on the altar of this new temple, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ himself. He will be the altar in that new temple. And we're coming to him saying, we're going to lay aside all our sins. We're going to make our body as, as, as good as we can. We know we'll never make it perfect, but we're working toward it. And the promise he gives us is that we have worked toward it. When we get there, he will finish the work. He will make sure that we have a perfect body just as he does. That we will be one of those living stones in that new temple. All true believers are filled with spiritual life 
which is given them through Christ the King. He is called the living stone, and thus they are also living and lively stones. They are dead, not they are not dead any longer in their sins and trespasses, but have been made alive through him by regeneration and the working of the Spirit in their hearts. So who's doing all this work in us? God. And we have to be participants. We have to be working with him. But he's the one that's doing the main work. Please understand, this church of God, of our God, is a spiritual house. Paul, in speaking of this house, says in Ephesians 2.20, it is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. In 1 Corinthians 3.10, he explains that those called to the office of minister and teacher are the laborers building this house. And in Ephesians 2.22, he says, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. This house has a spiritual foundation. Jesus Christ, a spiritual priesthood, the called of God, a spiritual superstructure, all who believe by faith alone. It is a spiritual temple, the dwelling place of the living God. Now, you want an intimate relationship with your God? Then here's where you find it. When you come to heaven in this living temple, he is there in that temple with you. All who come into this house by faith in Jesus Christ alone are part of this royal priesthood. Each one who enters through the gate is selected by God's grace and becomes sacred in his eyes. They are given a worth they could never have earned or purchased. They become men and women who have something to give to others because something of worth has been given to them. Their lives are changed. Their ideas are reformed. Their desires are made anew. Their effect on the world is magnified. And their hearts are redirected. They are separated, cut from the rough and useless rock, and made into a living Lethos, a living stone. They will offer up living sacrifices, giving of themselves because they see what was given for them. They offer their bodies to a hostile world that hates the light. They offer their souls to show that God is the one in control of all things. They offer their affection to all because the love of God has changed their lives. They offer their prayers because others need the help to be delivered from the darkness. They offer their praise because their God is holy and deserving of their worship. They offer alms because God is the giver of all good gifts. They offer all to their God because he is just that, their God and Father. But you must understand, even the best sacrifices of any man are not acceptable before God. There's nothing in any man that God needs. You don't have anything God needs, not one thing. There's nothing any man has that has been tainted by, not been tainted by sin and made worthless in God's eyes. Therefore, it's through Christ that everything offered must come. Now, isn't it wonderful? God has put us on this world. He let us go our own way, and we made it as bad as we can make it. And yet he's still willing to send Jesus Christ to do for us what we could never do for ourselves. And he allows us in our 
poor way to have a part in that. It's only through his shed blood, only through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, that anything offered by men can be made pure in God's eyes. Jesus is the high priest through which all men must approach God. It is through him and him alone that your sacrifices can be made acceptable. It is Christ that is the altar by which sinful man can approach God. He's your altar. When you bow down, you're bowing down only to Jesus Christ, to no one else. Therefore, my friends, to come to this spiritual temple, to be a part of this new royal priesthood, you must come believing and trusting in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone. Here you have seen that Jesus Christ is the living stone, and you as believers are stones made alive through him. What is the connection between you and him? Verse 6. Therefore it is also contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. The connection between Christ and the believer is the choosing of the sovereign God in heaven. God chose his son to come into this world and do for his people what they could never do for themselves. This was the decision of the triumph God to send Christ into the world. Christ was chosen and sent at the direct pleasure of the triumph God. Not only is Christ chosen and sent to the Father's good pleasure, but you also are chosen and saved by his will and pleasure. Ephesians 1, 4, and 5. By which, when you read, you may understand by my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. You recognize, you're living on this side of Christ. What a blessing that is. Before, it wasn't revealed to but a few. But with the coming of Christ, it is now revealed to the whole world. We're supposed to take that gospel out to everybody. What a privilege we have. What an honor we have been given. Peter makes this point with a quotation from Isaiah. that We read it early from Isaiah 28, 16. Therefore, it is also contained in Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. You may note he quotes this verse kind of loosely. It's okay. It's the sense of the verse that teaches us God's truth. He begins, therefore, it is also contained in Scripture. Our understanding of God, Christ, and the gospel must come exclusively from the Scripture. It is this foundation upon which the apostles always rested. They always appealed to the Scripture of the Old Testament to establish the truths of the New Testament. They did this because they understood that the word of God is the only rule given us. This word of God is a perfect and completely sufficient rule. It is understandable and absolutely reliable. Peter quotes God, Behold, I lay inside. He attributes this quote to a teaching about Jesus Christ. Christ is the one who is laid in Zion. He is the one sent by the Father. The whole of the Old Testament and all its writings are to point anyone who will read and study them 
to Jesus Christ. This laying in Zion is one of the eminent works of God as he sends his only begotten son into the world to bring salvation to his people. He comes to be the head of God's people, the king, the leader of the church. He is established by God, not man, and he is the only one who has who has claimed to this place in heaven. He is the chief cornerstone laid by God. This cornerstone is the foundation upon which the building is established. It is inseparable from the building. It gives it full support, unites it, and adorns it. Those who are built upon this stone become one with it. Peter says, he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. In the Hebrew, the idea here is one who trusts in this cornerstone will never fall. This is the idea of the teaching of the perseverance of the saints. Once you have been established, established on this cornerstone, you can never fall, for this stone will never fail nor weaken. Christ is the Savior of none, but those called by the Father, those who have been empowered with the ability to believe and trust in Jesus Christ alone for their salvation. He gives nothing, absolutely nothing, to the one who scoffs and rejects the message of grace offered in this gospel. He belongs to the church, and the church belongs to him. He has nothing for the enemies of this cross. True faith in Christ is the only agent that prevents confusion and darkness. There are three things that bring darkness and confusion to the hearts of men. They are sin, disappointment, and judgment. The only thing that can remedy any of these in your life is faith in Jesus Christ. Paul makes clear in Romans 10, 17, faith comes from hearing and only the hearing of the word of God. You've got to have God's word. If you want to hear this good gospel, if you want to hear about Jesus Christ, he also says faith is a gift of God and that without faith it's impossible to please God. The connection between you and Jesus is the work of God in regeneration when he changes your heart and he makes you alive in Jesus Christ. This is a marvelous act of grace, taking your dead bones and making them alive. Remember Ezekiel? It should make your heart overflow with praise that you have been made a part of the living stone and a block of living stone in his new and glorious living temple, the church of Jesus Christ. In conclusion, the message of this passage is really simple. God sent Jesus Christ into this world to be the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He sent him to build a temple for his people where he could come and meet with them and be their God and they could be his people. Jesus is the cornerstone of that temple. He is also the leader of those who come into this temple. He is their all. The call has gone out into the world. The call is to all men to come and join with Christ and be God's people. For everyone who will hear and understand, there will be a great reward. That reward is to be made into living stones and to be the material from which this new temple is constructed. You're a part of that construction. You're a living stone in that temple. 
to be one of these living stones. You but need to believe, to trust in in the first true living stone, Jesus Christ. So please, open your ears and your hearts and believe there is no other way, absolutely no other way to become a part of this great temple than you come through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Our Lord God, we come before you this morning with great joy in our hearts for all that you have blessed us with. We have nothing that did not come from you. Grant that our use of these blessings and our giving to your kingdom would be a reflection of hearts which know and have experienced the grace of Christ. For those who have received much, love much. And those who love much show that love by the way that they use everything that has been given them as a gift of love. Please, Lord, hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.